Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a haunting question. to Luke 14 and be ready for that. Remember, we are continuing to talk about why we are here. Why uh, at First Baptist Church of Waldorf are we doing church? Are we in the community of Waldorf? Uh, what, what can we do to look at scripture to see how are we doing with uh, evangelism and worship and fellowship and, and those areas that the first church had going for them? And today is talking about discipleship. And Acts 2.42, kind of our our launching passage that I've used over the last few weeks, uh, the first part of 42 says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Uh, The church, first church was very much about uh, continuing to do Bible study and to learn what the apostles were teaching through their time with Christ, uh, through passages in the Old Testament, And I thought, this is going to be a a, a pretty, not easy sermon to put together, but, you know, talk about Bible study and talk about our deep discipleship classes that we do on Sunday nights. And and we do that pretty good. We have a lot of good things going on uh, in our using, I've used our website and the part that I tag discipleship with says teaching and preaching, uh, that we teach and proclaim the Bible as God's word. Uh, we definitely know that the word of God is God-breathed, uh, that it, it is his inerrant word, that there are no errors within it. It is the core of what we use for all of our Bible studies, Sunday school, discipleship, whatever we do. Um, my promise with as much fun as we have on, on Wednesday nights with the youth is that we will always open the word of God, uh, no matter what. That is the core of what we do at church for teaching and preaching. If you ever hear any of us giving a sermon without scripture, you better come and hunt us down. Um, But that will never happen at this church. So teaching and preaching is important. And it's the core of what we do as a church to train and equip disciples for Christ. We have a pretty good set of tools that we have for discipleship at this church. Um, From all ages, our adults have worship, uh, Sunday school, Discipleship on, on Sunday nights, it's starting up soon. Wednesday night, Bible study and prayer meeting, and some other Bible studies that happen at homes. Our youth are involved in worship and Sunday school. Sunday night discipleship, uh, ministry training, Wednesday nights, uh, retreats and camps, so many different avenues and tools that our youth can use. Our children, Sunday school and, and worship on Sunday morning, Uh, Worship kid style, team kid, RAs, GAs, camp, vacation Bible school, all about kids, uh, plus many other areas that we allow for growth to happen in even our children's relationship with God and their discipleship. Even our preschoolers, all the Sunday morning stuff and team kid and worship kid style and mission friends. Uh, we do really good discipleship as far as allowing for Bible study and getting, to the, getting into the Word of God and f- for us to grow in our knowledge of who Christ is and who God is in our, in our relationship with Him. And as I was working through this sermon and seeing what true discipleship is, 
And the Greek word for disciple is methetis, which is, means to be a learner or a pupil. Uh, so discipleship is, is learning or, or being a people of something or someone. With our devotion to Christ and the beauty of our discipleship as a Christian is that that discipleship happens for a person and not just an entity or an institution. Uh, there is a vast difference between devotion to a person and devotion to principles or to a cause. It isn't about Christianity. It's not about theology. I'm not a discipleship or a disciple of Christianity. I'm a disciple of Christ. I am not a disciple of theology. I'm a disciple of Christ. It isn't about a great church and all the programs that I just listed. I'm not a disciple of First Baptist Church of Waldorf. I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm not a disciple of mission trips and camps and Bible studies. I'm a disciple of Christ. And that is our, the one, I mean, I could finish now. That's, that's the point of this whole message, is that we need to be followers of Christ, and what does that look like? And it is a committed relationship to, Christ, to Jesus as Lord of our life. But it's even deeper than that. It is a sacrificial uh, relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. There's more that we need to give of ourselves as we continue to follow our Lord and Savior. And sometimes we think discipleship is simply, hey, I've, I had a really long Bible study on Tuesday night. You know, we went really deep in the Word. Or Sunday school was so great, we went overtime. It's so much more than that. It requires every part of who we are. And sometimes things can, we can think that we're on the right track and we're not even close. Uh, I came across a set of comments from comment cards at a state park for people that were wanting to enjoy the wilderness and go on these hikes and see the beautiful creation that God has given. And so here are some comments that were, that were actually written out uh, at one of the state parks. Trails need to be reconstructed. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. <laughs> be a little easier, walk flat ground through the whole, the whole state park. Too many bugs and leeches and spiders and spider webs. Please spray the wilderness to rid the areas of these pests. <laughs> I could handle some of that. We dealt with some nasty bugs in Belize. Uh, please pave the trails. Chair lifts need to be in some places so that we can get wonderful views without having to hike to them. I don't think these people get what going camping is all about. Uh, the animals made too much noise last night and kept me awake. <laughs> Please eradicate these annoying animals. Um, here's a good one. A small deer came into my camp and stole my jar of pickles. Can I please get reimbursed for my pickles? Um, escalators would help on steep uphill sections. A McDonald's would be nice at the trailhead. You know, a nice cold, refreshing Diet Coke by the time I got halfway there. Uh, and here's a good one. There's too many rocks in these mountains. Okay, these people have no clue what true wilderness or camping, you know, they're, they're off to enjoy the sights, but they don't want to pay the price. Um, and how many times do we as Christians or people that attend church think, all I've got to do is show up on Sunday, 2.5 hours a week, and I'm good. Uh, that's more than other people do. Uh, I sing in the choir, I give, 
all these things, but is that truly discipleship? Is that truly a sacrificial following of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And there are many people that look like followers that even bring their Bibles. They read their Bibles, they pray every day, but have they committed sacrificially to their relationship with Christ? Matthew 7, 21 to 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, not, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So these people prophesize, they cast out demons, but they weren't com fully committed to their relationship with Christ Jesus. And Jesus, in this text in, in Luke 14, totally confronts the problem uh, with discipleship and the true meaning of what discipleship was. Even in my subheading in my, in my Bible said the cost of discipleship. And that's where I want us to camp out the rest of this time is truly understanding what discipleship costs, what we need to give of ourselves, even with this free gift of salvation that we have. And a disciple is a true follower of Christ. In other words, it's what we would call a Christian. If you consider yourself a Christian, you are a follower of Christ. You are a disciple who is passionately, sacrificially giving to your relationship with Jesus. And these terms uh, interact throughout the New Testament, but in Acts 11.26 is when it talks about that the, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So Christian, disciple, it's, it's the same. For you to claim, for us to claim Christianity is to claim that we have given ourselves completely over to be a disciple of Christ Jesus. So look at verses 25 to 27 in Luke 14. Now great crowds accompanied them, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The first thing you notice is this, this great crowd. Now this is a crowd of people that were actually following Jesus, that weren't there to antagonize him or them to try to persecute him. These were people that were interested in what he was saying, that wanted to learn more, that were following and listening, listening to his stories, listening to him share uh, who he is and who God is. So, but there is such a great crowd, but Jesus knew it was going to be more than that. The discipleship truly is more than that. And he had to turn to them and say, look, anyone who comes to me, you've got to do this, this, and this. There's more to it than just following and hearing some great stories and, and hearing me proclaim that I am the Son of God. You've got to place that in your heart and make me Lord of your life. And Jesus, when he talks about discipleship, isn't talking about pastors and missionaries and those that have called are being called to give their life full-time to his ministry. It is for all believers. Anyone who comes to me uh, will be, needs to be my disciple and, and needs to commit themselves fully and wholeheartedly over to me. 
And when he talks about hating family members and those closest to you, it's not this turn and hate them and despise them, but the range of difference between our love for Jesus Christ and our love for the next most important person, whoever that might be, a spouse, a friend, uh, whoever, there needs to be such a difference that on paper it looks like you hate everyone else because your love for Jesus is so incredible. That is a kind of, of placement or priority that Christ wants in our life, that no other relationship on this earth matters except our relationship with Jesus Christ, and he is the most important and the highest priority that we can give. Even to the point that in other countries, there are people that have been completely excommunicated from their families. And are we willing to give up our relationships with anyone for our relationship with Christ? Are there people in our life that are distractions uh, that we need to steer away from and, and place Jesus in a much higher priority over them? Even within our own country, I know many marriages where one spouse is committed to Christ more than another. And there's problems that arise from that. Uh, there's a competition that's going on, but it needs to be clear as a follower and disciple of Jesus that he is the most important person in our life. But Jesus goes beyond that to not only set aside relationships, but even our own life. Are we willing to give of our own life uh, to to him and the picture of of the cross that whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple and this picture of the cross is an extreme uh, picture of are we willing to even take our own cross to the point of death are we willing to even die for the sake of the cross and the sake of our relationship with jesus this is such a high calling and i pray that none of us would ever face such persecution that someone would say, if you're a Christian, you are about to die if you profess Christ. But are we willing in our hearts and in our attitude towards him to say yes? And that is such an amazing thought. And I, as I'm working through this going, all right, God, this is a lot to ask. Um, and realizing how important he needs to be no matter what is going on in our life. And what about this, this thought of salvation is free? Isn't salvation free? Isn't receiving Jesus Christ uh, something that is a free gift that we talk about? And yes, it truly is. There is nothing that we can do to receive salvation through Jesus Christ except to, uh, to believe that he is a son of God, that he died for our sins, that he rose the third day and for him to be Lord of our life. That is free. But as we continue to be a disciple for him, there's going to be a lot that we've got to give up. There's going to be a lot that we've got to do to continue in this relationship with him. And the awesome thing is, is that he is right by our side the entire time. Verses 28 to 33 talk about, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war 
will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet and go up against someone with 20,000. And if not, while the other is a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Here's a situation where you've got Jesus is saying, please understand. Please understand that following me is going to cost you everything. You've got to be willing in, a, in an attitude and in sometimes an actual uh, physical act of giving away things. You've got to be willing to put all of that aside and truly follow me, to drop the nets, and to trust in me and to come and follow me wherever I go, whatever I do. And I think most of us will remember this commercial of this guy that goes to get a tattoo. Uh, and he, his, wife, his wife's name is Donna, so he wants I love Donna on his arm to, to show love to his wife. He goes in, the guy gets started, and he's like, you know, the tattoo is $50, and the guy pulls out 43 He goes, that's all I have. So the next scene is he's outside, his wife is furious because now it says, I love Don and not I love Donna, because he didn't realize how much that was gonna cost him. And that's a silly, a silly illustration, but realizing that no matter what you do, you've got to plan ahead. There are so many things that we think we, we've got the cost counted, uh, whether it be exercise or saving money or a project at home or projects at home, if you're me, uh, you might have all the, all the supplies ready to go, paint, brushes, and you just haven't gotten to it yet. Um, but how much more important is our relationship with Jesus, that he wants us to understand what the true cost is, that we've got to plan ahead and know that, that there's going to be something to this relationship with him. But I sat there going, all right, that's to me, that's an impossibility. There's no way that I can do this. If I had to choose, if I can make it as a, as a disciple of Christ without failure on my own terms, there's no way I could do this. I would bail right now. There, there's no way, God, that I can follow Christ on my own and completely give up everything. It's, it's so hard. There are times when you're at church and things are great, the songs are amazing, you're like, yeah, I love this. And then Monday morning comes. Or you're dealing with a situation at home. Or you're dealing with a sick loved one. Or a situation at work where you're like, there's no way. I've got to take care of this situation first. Um, and I would love to trust in you, God, but, but I think I've got this handled. How many times did we attempt to do that? But if I had to choose, if I can make it as a disciple of Christ fully relying on him to give me strength, then all right, let's do this. I think knowing that God is on my side and he has given me the help and support of the Holy Spirit, that with my faith in him, that I can pursue this relationship with Christ, that this discipleship is something that is not gonna be easy, but knowing that the strength comes from him and knowing that this love for Jesus continues to grow uh, in my heart for him, there's nothing more precious that I would love than to be a disciple of Christ. And grace is, is something that we, we receive that we don't deserve. And we don't deserve to be in a relationship with Jesus. 
We don't deserve to be a disciple of Christ. I mean, to, to write out my life uh, uh, and, and all that I've accomplished, I'm nowhere near what I need to be to be a disciple of Christ. But with my faith in him, with my pouring out of the Holy Spirit on my life, I know that that is a pursuit that I want desperately to happen in my, in my heart. In Romans 5.5, 5, it says, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Part of the total commitment is to Jesus is trust in him and knowing that he will be sufficient for whatever the future holds. Could I as a sinful man ever consider being successful and never wavering as a disciple of Christ? No way. But I can have faith that God is doing a work in me until he completes it. I can have faith that the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in my life, continuing to guide me. I can have faith that I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and want to continue to grow in my relationship with him, even when I stumble and fall flat on my face. That's a pursuit. That's the heart that Jesus wants of his disciples. In verse 33, Jesus again makes it clear that we need to give up everything. Uh, We've talked about heart things and relationships but even, even our things at home, even our material possessions, God wants every part of who we are, every part of what we have. It is our job giving him our hobbies, our prized possessions, our free time, our money, our goals, our dreams, our families, anything and everything. He wants every single part of who we are and completely turned over to him. One of my favorite verses in scripture is Romans 12:1, And here's a picture of being a living sacrifice. Romans 12:1 says, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And I imagine a living sacrifice. I imagine our choice as disciples to lay ourselves on that altar to not only ourselves, but everything that we own, every possession that we have, every relationship that we represent, to place it completely on that altar, sacrificing ourselves to God, knowing that he, in some situations, might take away all these things, but he's not asking all of us to turn this church into a monastery, to be monks, and to completely shut ourselves out from everything because we had to give away everything. He doesn't want that. He wants us in an attitude of love and respect for him to take all of these things and use them all to the glory of God. Uh, Knowing that we can in all things uh, put that priority of Jesus above all things and pursuing that with the power of the Holy Spirit in our life and with our love for Almighty God and this relationship that we have with his son. And closing up with verse 34 and 35, talks about salt. The salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And salt, you know, if if salt has completely lost its saltiness, it's not worth anything. I would not want to put old salt... uh, with no taste on any steak, because that's not gonna do it any good. But this is a very simple picture knowing that 
unless you are a disciple or a, a professed Christian and f are passionately in love, sacrificially in love with Jesus Christ, then you're not worth the salt. You're not, you're not truly a disciple. And I pray for anyone that has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you have not truly understood and truly been uh, in love with Jesus and understand the sacrifice that he gave on the cross with his shed blood, understand the grace and forgiveness that we receive from God because of that act of the, of the cross, to understand that he wants desperately to be your Lord and Savior. If you have not done that, please may today be the day that you accept Christ and may today be the day that you fully understand what it means to be in love with him, to make him Lord of your life, to trust him with the things that are in your life, that he will guide you and, and show you his way for you. And I pray that if anyone has not done that, that, that truly this morning will be the morning uh, that you fall in love with him and that you understand how amazing God is and how much he desperately loves you. And the last passage I want to read is Luke 6, 46 to 49. And here's one more picture of what a life looks like to, as a disciple of Christ. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Here is a very simple picture of a life in Christ a disciple of Christ, that life is not easy, the storms come, the foundations shake, but knowing that Jesus Christ is your rock, knowing that he will take care of you and be that strong tower that will guard against all things in life, no matter how crazy life gets, uh, no matter how overwhelming the situations are, knowing that Jesus Christ is there as your rock, how can you not be a disciple of Christ? How can you live life without that foundation? And I pray that not only as we are encouraged as Christians here in this room, but there are so many others in our world that do not know him. And I pray for opportunities this week that all of us have a chance to share this love of Jesus with all of those around us. And as we pursue our discipleship with him, that we continue to grow, that we continue as a church uh, be a shining light in Waldorf and understand that we will do all things to stay true to the word of God, stay true to Jesus Christ as our Lord, uh, lift up the name of Jesus on high and talk about the amazing power of his shed blood. I pray for us as a church that we continue to be uh, passionately, sacrificially in love with Jesus Christ. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for this time that we have had uh, just to completely be encouraged. Um, at first, it seemed overwhelming, your call to discipleship. But Father, as we pursue you, there is no greater love, no greater person, no greater God 
I pray that you will continue to work in our hearts, continue to use us, to mold us, to make us. Father, if there is anything in our life that is a distraction, uh, that is hindering us in our walk with you, that you will help us to get rid of that and, and go beyond that. Father, I pray for those in, in, in situations that are overwhelming, that you will see us through, that you will truly be our rock. And I, Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have uh, to continue to worship you. I pray for any that need to make a decision that you will be very clear in their hearts uh, what you want them to choose and that we will leave from here uh, just completely more and more in love with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand together for him.